This week, we are reviewing Argyle. Nick, whether you like it or not, I brought my fucking cat, and he is on this episode. Let's go, brother! and gentlemen it's another episode of two peas on a podcast thank you so much for joining us again this week of course we review the latest and sometimes greatest movies every week gerald here with you and on the other side is the deepest darkest secret agent undercover uh, so stealth I, i can't even see him nick are you there it's me it's henry cavill or is <laughs> it glasses, glasses guy, guy? You'll never know for sure. It's fucking What's up, baby? This guy. What's up, man? How are 1, you? 1,000 YouTube subs. Let me just pimp you out here. Uh, just just get the applause Thanks, rolling man. in here. I don't have it on the soundboard or I'd hit the button. Uh, but fine. congrats. Uh, 1,000 on the 2Ps uh, two YouTube channel. Keep subbing, people. If you're watching the video version of this, hit that right. sub button. If you're listening to this, uh, keep listening, but go over to YouTube and subscribe anyway. Thanks so much, man. It means a lot. We had our celebratory live stream last night thanks for showing up for that and it's been a labor of love it's it's hard work as you as you know i mean the youtube game is weird man but uh it was a milestone that i was i'm proud of and i'll, I'll keep putting out content we'll keep putting out content we'll keep mm-hmm. doing the podcast and uh thanks for that shout out man i appreciate it this week we are reviewing the new matthew vaughn spy thriller comedy thing called argyle which the trailer has been playing before every movie that's ever come out in the last six months so everybody knows i feel like i saw the trailer if you accumulated the runtime of this trailer i've this the the accumulated times i've seen this trailer was longer than the movie itself yeah it's been a lot of times i've seen it i took my son to see it logan 11 year old and we saw it together today and we will talk about our experience and our review of the film but before we get there nick before we talk about argyle We start out every episode with what we call One Big Question. You've got to ask yourself a question. I have a lot of questions. Number one, how dare you? My cat was here, by the way. He left already. He's already tired of this episode, so he's he's gone. But he's probably off to do espionage or something. He'll be back. Uh, What question? uh, I'm going to let you pick it, man. What do you got over there from the fans? Well, I'm reaching into the grab bag here because I liked a couple. I liked okay. a couple here, and, and and I love it. So we might get more than one big question and one big question today, but we're going to go back to the champion of last week. It was basically the Brett episode last week. It we're was, going yeah. back to Brett again today, Gerald, because Ooh. I really loved his question mm-hmm. over in the Discord. Do you think if Matthew Vaughn stuck around to direct the rest of the X-Men movies, mm-hmm. they would have turned out better, the exception being Days of Future Past? I guess he's specifically referring to X-Men Apocalypse or X-Men Dark Phoenix, kind of the two... yeah the dismal bleak uh endings to the fox x-men franchise that we had after days of future past sure sure i mean i don't know obviously i i don't want to spoil anything for our argyle discussion but i i liked what he did with first class you know i thought that was one of the better entries i enjoyed that film i think that sticking to the spotlight being on the characters and their development as opposed to making it about the action set pieces or whatever, but it was a really strong character-driven piece, I thought. So I did like his take on that. So I don't know. I feel like we would have gotten probably very different films 
for but sure. But I also don't want to kind of spoil where my head's at with Argyle and some of the other stuff that Matthew Vaughn has done. I mean, as a filmmaker in general, I think I, I like him for the most part. I mean, I love to kick ass with Nick Cage and Chloe Grace Moretz and obviously the Kingsman franchise. I'm sure will come up tonight as we get through our discussion of Argyle. So I think probably, I think it would probably have heightened those projects a little bit. I don't know that they would have been any more passable, but I think they would have been a little bit better. What do you think? Emphatically, no, because Matthew okay. Vaughn also directed Kingsman, the Golden Circle, uh, which True. my favorite running gag that only I cared about from Epic Film Guys when I went to see that movie is that it is a movie. It's so long. I'm still watching it. That's how <laughs> unbearably long it felt to sit in the theater and watch Kingsman, the Golden Circle. Uh, no, I do not have the reverence for Vaughn as a filmmaker that you do. Yeah. I liked Kick-Ass. I liked first class i like the first kingsman movie i hated golden circle so i never even saw what was it the king's man or whatever i never even Secret went back service and, or whatever yeah. and saw that one I, I just didn't i just i checked out on fawn as as a director did argyle bring me back in i guess is is the real question so we'll I find guess we'll out see there's a there's a little hidden gem in his filmography too called layer cake did you ever see that with daniel nope, never saw that one yep that's actually probably i'm not even kidding well I think Kick-Ass is probably my favorite, but Layer Cake is a close runner-up for me in terms of Vaughn's filmography, yeah, but it's yeah. a hidden gem. Not a lot of people know about it. Uh, what other question? Did you have another one in the grab bag there you wanted to mention? So this was this was a bit of a jokey question, and I wanted to pick this question specifically, Gerald, because we're two uh, middle-aged white dudes hosting a podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amanda, over on the Facebook fan page, asks, mm. who is hotter, Sam Rockwell or Henry Cabo? Ooh, I, actually, I'm going to let you go first. I think oh, it's, your answer is Cobble all day, baby. Cobble all you know day. What? Big beef. You know cake. what? Mm. No, you know what? It's Sam Rockwell. No, no, the, no, no Dude, no. the charm, the charisma. That guy is so funny. Like, mm. I mean, my I, my boxers would drop, brother. Sam Rockwell <laughs> walks, <laughs> walked in and started giving me the turning on the charm. Wow. Uh, that's a good question, though. I mean, they're both great. And in this movie, Henry Cavill was a bit of a joke, though. I don't know. He's kind of played like that over-the-top, kind of like outlandish kind of joke character. I don't we'll know. We'll get into it. We'll get into we it. We've got a we lot will. to discuss uh, when we break down this film. We're also going to bring up – you're going to get a threefer today, ladies and gentlemen. A threefer mm. uh, for questions from the audience today. But we can't really talk about one of them until we actually are talking about the film itself. And I'm going to say – even into spoilers. So we got to wait until we get a little bit deeper before we can bring up the last one. But I did like it as a question. Well, don't forget that then. Because I need you to write that down. Remember that. All right. Wow. All right. I need you to remember that. I'm not going to remember. So. Wow. All right. Uh, Argyle. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for the uh, questions, guys. We appreciate the feedback every week. Thank you so much for your entries. And one big question, if you want to get involved, join up to the Facebook fan page. There's a link to the Discord. Get in there, ask your questions, and we will shout them out every week. Do it week. to it. Argyle, directed by Matthew Vaughn, starring Bryce Dallas Howard, Henry Cavill, Dua Lipa, John Cena, uh, Sam Rockwell, a CGI cat, and a host of others. But before we talk about the movie, Nick, we always give our score out of 10 up top. We have not discussed this with each other. I just saw this movie today. I think you did as well. Same, yep. So I have not shared any of my thoughts on the film on social media or anything like that. So we're going to find out in real time. But we give our scores out of 10 up front to each other in what we call the early score reveal. Damn it. This always happens. I think I'm going to score and then I never score. It's not fair. 
Ooh. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah, it's I'm not excited fair. to see what Gerald it thought is. of this, baby. You ready? It is not fair, buddy. Bring Count us in. in here. Bring it in. Count us in. Three, two, one. We could have just stayed at the three. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I was really hoping you were going to love this and I could yell wow. at you for how long you were. Well, let's tell each other. Let's tell the audio audience. So uh, a four for me, a four out of ten, and Nick yeah. is giving it a three. And a, th- and a three, it is lucky to get lucky to get the four for me i feel the same way that's a three and a half right wow that's, that's, a, that's a three and a half i i am is that so the worst much. movie that we've ever reviewed i think so because i think well wow. our average i think on five nights at freddy's ended up at three and a half as well yeah because it was two and five so uh, i think it worked out to be the same so it's tied right now with five nights at freddy's man I even I went so far, Gerald, as to make a visual gag just for the YouTube uh, audience who's watching right, the film it. here. Uh, I designed a new poster. I designed new artwork for this <laughs> film. Would you like to see it? <laughs> yeah, I would actually. Yeah. Now, here, here we go. I'm gonna I'm gonna pop it up here in in the background. Hit me with it. It's it's. I gotta wait for Streamyard, but it, this the, the suspense must be killing you though. <laughs> it really is. And I will describe this for the audio audience. Here it is, wait, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Here it is. <laughs> Uh, this is a baby in a high chair. Yeah, being fed, and uh, and uh, it's a baby being spoon fed in a high chair because that's what Matthew Vaughn and mm. uh, whoever the writer of this disaster was, uh, Jason Fuchs, I believe, is the writer's name. Uh, this is what they think you, as an audience member, are—a baby who needs to be spoon fed absolutely everything. This movie is terrible. Yeah, it's I not good. Hated this so much. G, why is this? Why is this so long? It also, like, it, I mean, can we say? I know you're fired up. I can see your face is getting red. I hated we, this so much. <laughs> but can we agree? Had this movie been under two hours, at least it would have been a little more like digestible. I no, feel like I, abso- I just feel like it not. went on forever, and they relish in so many different plot twists, which we'll get into our spoiler discussion. By the way, for a few minutes here, guys, we will be spoiler-free. We won't spoil Argyle for you. We won't tell you who the real Agent Argyle is. We won't talk about any of this, that stuff quite yet. This child, this little baby right here is the real That's Agent, the Agent Argyle. Argyle. That's the real that Agent is. Argyle right there. That's him, yeah. Uh, <laughs> or her, yeah. But we will talk, we'll let you know. We'll be getting into spoilers. But generally speaking, Nick, up top, my okay, let me just tell you in a quick wrap-up without spoiling anything, and then we'll get into, obviously, the deep discussion here in a few minutes. For me, it started out okay. Like, I was kind of like, all right. And, you know, we were joking about the trailer earlier and that opening scene with Dua Lipa, who I am freaking in love with. We were joking about pre-recording, but I love her. Was in that basically the heart of the opening of the movie. And we saw a lot of that in the trailer, which also kind of let me down a little bit because it was okay. But it was like we'd already kind of seen it all in the trailer a hundred times and before every movie. So it started out okay, but then it got to where it was like really, like you said, just exposition, spoon feeding, horrible CGI in this movie. I, I, I think I read today actually after seeing it that it was like two hundred million dollar budget. And you and Jeez. I did Godzilla minus one a few months ago, and I'm going, what are these people spending? And I. I'm not a visual a visual FX artist, so I'm not trying to like you know talk down to those to those people, but I just don't get where it went because it was not good in terms of the effects in this movie, which kind of took me out of it at different points throughout the film. 
There's some things I really, really did like about this movie, namely Sam Rockwell. I fucking loved him in this film. Like, I mean, I love him in everything, and he played kind of a typecast character that he plays a lot of times, and just very charming, very charismatic, you know, really kept me invested in the story because he was kind of always in the story. If he, if his character had not uh, had died or had not been in there, I would not have cared as much. But I was really connected to him and his kind of comedic wit and the dad jokes he was kind of throwing in. And I don't know, I really liked him in this movie. And then there was a couple scenes when we get into spoilers that I really enjoyed um, as sequences in the film that I thought were pretty mesmerizing and, and cool to look at. And I had a blast with. But those few things in the plus column. It's just so many things in the negative column. I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about a lot of them, but it was just way too long. It was way too convoluted and paint by numbers and cliff notes for the viewer. And the plot twists were ridiculous, man. It was just like one after the other, after the other, after the other. And it's just like, you, you don't need all that shit to entertain an audience. And it honestly gets quite confusing after a while. Because you're like, well, wait a minute, who's double-crossing who, and who's with who, and you just kind of get lost a little bit. And I think that's kind of the best way to put this, is that the screenplay or the story here was like a map that didn't point you to the right place. You got lost along the way. Uh, and it just didn't do a good job of keeping me on the path. So go ahead with general thoughts before we get into spoilers. So I mentioned this when we reviewed Thanksgiving. I mentioned this when we reviewed Totally Killer as well. But it is not good writing when you have to stop the narrative of the movie wholesale to that to explain a twist to the audience, to explain a plot revelation to the audience. The problem with this script is that's all it is over and over and over and over again. It's it's this continual bombardment of plot twist after plot twist after plot twist after this is a double cross of this and this is a double cross of this. It's so much of that back and forth. Mm -hmm. You're right. It really, uh, honest to God, it gets kind of like confusing at some point. And, and at some point sitting in the theater for this, I just stopped caring. I legitimately right. just stopped caring about all the twists, about all the Same absolute here. ridiculous nonsense. I was like, you could you could have space aliens come down. There's no aliens in this spoiler alert. We didn't get there yet, but like you could have no. space aliens come down and start shooting laser guns at John Cena or something. And 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 it would have it would have made as much sense as as all of the convoluted nonsense in this film did. I just I oh, this this film is I think the the phrase I'm searching for here, this film was overwritten. I feel like it was so overwritten and, and, and they think that it was like super, super clever, like all these different things. And they just way overcomplicated the premise of this film. I think that there's a great film in here. I don't think any of the performances are particularly bad. I really like Bryce Dallas Howard in this movie. Me I too. think she's absolutely phenomenal. But I just I just think that like it, it's shifting so much narratively all the time. And then you have to wholesale stop and be like, OK, wait, now here, audience, here's the spoon fed baby right here behind me. It, let, let's let's give you all the information on this is where we are up to date. It's it's terrible. Right. It's one of the worst written things I've seen on the screen in a long, long, long time. I hated, hated, hated this movie. I think, I mean, obviously you gave it a three, I gave it a four, so I think it's fair to say you maybe hated it a little more than I did, but I got to be honest with you, I'm not even kidding you, that Sam Rockwell, Bryce Dallas Howard, Dua Lipa, even though she had a small part, 
characters like that kept me at a four. I mean, they kind of knew the assignment and they did what they could with the material they had, which I think is what you and I both are saying is the foundational issue here is that it was like it was written by that baby that's behind you. <laughs> so Literally. Let's uh let's get into spoilers. So going forward, guys, anything that we discuss about Argyle, including who is the real agent Argyle, which has been a big thing on social media, we will talk about it. We'll be spoiled in the next 20 minutes or so as we go through our breakdown of Argyle. So if you have not seen this movie and you don't want to be spoiled, come back after you've seen the movie to finish the episode. Please let this movie be spoiled for you. Don't waste your money. Do not waste the two and a half hours you have to sit through this ridiculously convoluted nonsense. I promise you, your time is better spent doing legitimately anything else. Absolutely anything else. Yeah. Gerald is the real Agent Argyle. Like, I mean, that would have that would have made as good of a movie if just Gerald like randomly walked onto the screen and was like, it's me. How great would that have been? <laughs> Five stars. <laughs> Heart of Stone, The Gray Man, Red Notice, Ghosted, which came out on Apple last year. These like kind of tepid, shallow thriller comedies that have this romance built into them are, are like a subgenre now. And I got to be honest with you, I hate all of them. <laughs> like, I don't think any of them are any good. And I think this is another one to add to that list. And that also makes it unoriginal, which I feel like is something Argyle suffered from too. Like it just wasn't original. Like it was somewhat predictable. Like, you know, we're joking about the real agent Argyle, but there is a, and by the way, we're in spoilers. Don't forget. So we're going to sit, we're going to say whatever you want to say, Nick. But there's a scene in the first act of the movie where Ellie, is her name Ellie, right? Yep. Uh, yeah, Ellie is, um, Bryce Dallas Howard is at a book signing or whatever, and she's talking about her book, and she mentions a, uh, an accident that she had, ice skating. And I was kind of like, what the fuck was, why, what was she talking about? So I kind of started thinking about it as the movie went on. There was a couple other remarks made. But anyway, to make a long story short, I kind of figured out what was going to happen and what ended up happening and who ended up being the real Agent Argyle. Was that predictable to you as well? Or should I – I'll ask you that first. That's the first question. And the second question is when you found out, was it any kind of like revelatory like, oh, wow. Uh, no, I didn't clock it ahead of time, but by the time the movie got to the point where it revealed it, I didn't care. I legitimately didn't care about it anymore because it was, it was so much of this like back and forth. Like, like I said, it, it, it literally, it stops the movie so many times to spoon feed these different twists and turns and like, Oh, this person's working for this person and they're working for this organization. And blah. like, it is like, even by that point, the movie had pretty much already lost me and like we got to see Bryce Dallas Howard do some like badass action hero shit, which was really, really cool. But other than that, like aspect of it, like it, like why wasn't that just this movie from the get go? Why mm-hmm. did it have to be wrapped in this convoluted nonsense of her also being a writer who was also writing the spy books? Why did we, why did, why was there this God awful train sequence, uh, this fight sequence on this train that lasted forever where it was constantly cutting between Henry Cavill and, and Sam Rockwell, like Henry yeah, Cavill is the fictional, as the fictional. And like, it's, I understand like if you want to do that effect, like, 
periodically. But then, like, it does it so frequently, it's ridiculous in that fight sequence. But then when you get the revelation later that she's the real Agent Argyle, it doesn't even logically make sense that she's putting Argyle in Sam Rockwell's character's place. Exactly. It doesn't even make sense in, in like, a logical sense. Like, Argyle's meant to be her stand-in. It's meant to be her stand-in, not him. But I'm just like that baffled me even more. I was like, wait, why did we have to watch the thousand and one cuts between the two? And it's I'm I'm not kidding, guys. It's like every half second. It happens so much. It's ridiculous. I hated it. I think that was to throw us, the audience, off. Like, oh, okay. Well, Sam Rockwell must be the real. Well, good. It was it was more of this. It was more of the spoon feeding baby stuff. Now, what I want to say, and I think based on what you're saying, I think you're probably going to agree with me, but this movie succeeded, like had me like, oh, okay, I like this when it was like over the top, campy, silly, crazy. Like I'm thinking of, I'll I'll go ahead and talk about it now because I, it's towards the end of the movie, but I love the like smoke bomb dancing scene with her and Rockwell. When they're doing the choreographed dance while they're killing all the fucking security people. I loved that scene. Uh, but that kind of like campy shit because she lifts him up and the fucking thing with her, with this crotch in her face and she's spinning him around and they do the dirty dancing lift. And like it's just a whole choreographed like musical dance number while they're murdering people. Yeah. Um, but the problem is the movie disconnects from that. that like tone 80 percent of the rest of the film like it's not that type of movie of the runtime of the film leading up to it like it you don't lean into like the vaughn stuff like you know you think about like the the apartment scene in kick ass when when uh, hit girl uh goes to you know kill everybody at the apartment complex or you know any of those kind of like kingsmen like the like the scene at the end of kingsmen where all the heads explode in confetti and stuff like that like the really vaughn type stuff like the things that you Mm -hmm. expect when you go to a vaughn movie i mean i think i don't I, i didn't like that scene as much as i liked just the choreography and like the visual of the ice skating around in the oil thing even though that made no sense whatsoever um how you were skating in oil because it does it it doesn't work like that but that's what's neither here nor there it still looked cool uh which was the whole point of it it was just meant to look really really cool but i think i think that by the time the movie by the time the movie got to that point i was so over everything that had anything to do with this movie that I, i didn't care anymore I, I legitimately didn't care anymore. I was just waiting to, for them to shovel in another plot twist, which they kept going. Even after those scenes, they kept going oh with a couple God. more. It was like and it just it never, never, never stopped and just let the audience just enjoy the story unfolding on the screen. Give me one of two things, G. And this is where I wanted to lean back into it. Uh, Jason Nergiver asked this question. Okay. Jason asked, what's the one thing you'd change about the movie that would instantly increase your score? Mm. Uh, the answer to that question for me is pick a lane give Mm us entirely with a small portion of the plot being the ellie conway stuff not the whole she was also a secret spy uh nonsense who was uh amnesia then brainwashed and like all this other stuff like pick a lane give us like um uh, the, the the ellie conway stuff and she's just a writer and it's the whole movie is just like the john cena henry cavill dua lipa like crazy over the top action spy thriller because that opening mm-hmm. sequence i love that whole opening i thought that mm-hmm. was great or 
don't give us that at all. Literally don't give us that at all. And just give us this Ellie Conway is just a, a writer. And like, even if you're going to do the fictional aspect of it, where you're like imagining her writing it and, and you're seeing like the things that she's writing, that's great. But don't don't include all the intercutting nonsense of like yeah. throwing Argyle in there in real life. Like it like he's like a manifestation of like her fear and anxiety or like whatever, whatever he's meant to be. He's meant to be 50 different things throughout the different runtime of the film, whatever the plot needs him to be in that moment. It just like pick a lane. That's that's my yeah. answer to Jason's question. Pick a lane. I mean, for me, it's pretty similar answer, but I, I would like this movie to have leaned more into the campiness. You know, and I kind of already mentioned that, like, stop taking yourself so seriously. Like, this is an absurd, like, kind of annoying plot to follow. So don't make it harder for the audience. You know, like, let's just be stupid. <laughs> like, let's just have a good time. Like, you mentioned the oil skating scene. You know, I mentioned the smoke bomb scene. If you have that train sequence towards the beginning with Sam Rockwell when he finds her initially... And you take out that intercutting weird editing shit. Like, that's a fun scene. Like, you don't need the Henry Cavill cut in, like, weird fucking flashes or whatever. And that was when we were introduced to his character. And he was my favorite character in the film. Like, I just loved him in this movie. So, I I, I think if we had stuck to those kind of over-the-top, campy, silly, we-know-who-we-are kind of scenes throughout the whole movie then this would have been and it would have been an hour and 45 minutes this would have been a good movie this would have been a movie i would have rewatched on streaming and like probably enjoyed it but it was too long and it it broke away from that campiness factor way too often like it was probably 70% serious tone 30% camping it should have been probably the other way around in my opinion um to kind but of that wasn't evenly that split wasn't evenly distributed throughout the film either right so right. when it decided to go campy it was like full throttle campy but it was too little too late in my opinion at that point yeah yeah so the plot twist too it's like it it, 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 it i'm gonna ask you because for me at one point it's like okay i'm done like i don't need any more plot twists but we get the I think the first like major plot twist we get is the parents, right? Is is that right, or is there yeah. one before that? Well, no, because I mean, she runs from she 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 gets saved, rescued, what by Sam Rockwell's character, and then they go to like this little dingy motel or whatever, and then she overhears him saying, "I'm going to murder you," yeah, so she runs yeah, yeah. for it. I guess that's like that's sort of a twist or whatever. Um, but then and she has to, yeah, she has to go to her parents. I would, I would say that the parents would be the first, uh, would be the, the first, first, like ho the first, like huge twist, like, oh, wow. Like this isn't what, this isn't what it, I expected at all. I wasn't, I wasn't not on board with the film at that point. I was, it was, it was hovering between pass fail for me at that point, like because of mm -hmm. that train sequence being as bad as it was, but I was like, okay, let me see how they save this. Let me see how they, 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 they take this over the finish line like the rest of the way like i like the stuff in the hallway up to that point when he's trying to teach her how to like, yeah. like crush a guy's skull <laughs> that was and that hilarious kind of stuff. dude i loved it like yeah. i liked all that stuff and it was like okay like after the train sequence it was kind of winning its goodwill back a little bit with me and stuff right. um, but then yeah from the parents onward it was just an absolute avalanche yeah, it, of exhausting it, plot twist after plot twist yeah and well, then, it played not like just the twists but like i said the worst part about a twist 
I was talking to Rebecca about this earlier, and I was thinking about great films, gee, great films with a big twist in them. And I thought of like usual suspects or whatever. When you get to that plot twist at the end of the usual suspects, it immediately in your brain as an audience member, it goes snap. It snaps all the things into place that you saw throughout the film that was like, okay, it completely automatically makes sense to you because those little seeds have been planted the whole way and they've been nurtured. They've been watered. I mean, Christopher McQuarrie is a great writer. That's why Uh, this uh, was not written with the, 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 the craftsmanship that a script like the usual suspects script was written for. It was just. It was just like, let's see how many more of these we can throw at the audience. But then you have to, I, I, I hate to keep harping on this, but it's true. It's you cannot stop the narrative of the movie wholesale and be like, now, wait, now we know everybody in the audience is going to be confused. So let's explain this whole mm-hmm. thing to you before we move on. That happens so many times in this movie. So many times. I agree. The movie also took on the facade of like a soap opera after a while because <laughs> you know how you would see He's secretly like, my twin brother exactly yeah that no. kind of shit like it was just too but it didn't play those moments with the same levity as some of the other sequences that we talked about like you know when we find out brian cranston's character i thought he was a good villain in this movie and he he understood the assignment but we find out that he's been portraying her dad or whatever. It it just had that kind of like cheesiness factor to it, to the reveal. Do you know what I mean? Like it wasn't like a, oh my God, I can't believe that. It was more like, really, dude? Like what the fuck? Like kind of respond. Like it was surprising. Like I didn't see it coming, but I did think it was weird. They were kind of hiding the dad. He ne- He was never on camera. It was always yeah. Catherine, o- Catherine O'Hara. I was waiting. The- I was just waiting for them to reveal. Yeah, who, yeah, who yeah. I didn't know who. I the was like, the dad. dad's important to this somehow. Yeah, I didn't know who the dad was, but I yeah. knew it was going to be somebody that we had seen in some other, you know, facet yeah. or whatever. But yeah, 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 yeah. But this isn't like a this isn't like a Spider-Man Homecoming thing when all of a sudden you realize that MJ's dad is is Michael Keaton. Like this isn't like that level of plot twist where you're just like, oh snap, or you're like whatever. It's just like okay but that doesn't make sense like what like why huh what like but then it has to wait like it has to continue trying to explain this to the audience it's terrible you have the parent reveal then you have the reveal that you know ellie is actually bad in a sense and she was you know part of the problem initially and then you have the reveal at the very end of the film where henry cavill's character argyle is not somebody she made up but he's a real dude and for some reason he has a southern accent and a mullet <laughs> i don't fucking know what that was either i'm like what oh, and it's weird it's just like plot twist after plot twist after plot twist and again if you take 30 to 40 minutes off of this movie then maybe all that shit wouldn't be as unbearable but it was just way too fucking long dude like well, I think For honestly, this- I think I think to even go back to Jason's question, what's another thing that would have made this movie a better movie? Just stick to one. Stick to one of those twists like when you find out that she was secretly a secret agent, okay? But then you find out that she was not a good guy. Imagine like I this this might maybe it wouldn't have gotten a pass. But it would have gotten a higher score for me if they would have just stuck that if they would have just stuck with that. 
that she wasn't like a brainwashed spy that like once she regained her memory, she realized she was really a bad guy. And yeah. like they just made her a bad guy. Like a, she was another villain for the rest of the film. Because they kind of did that for a while. And they then did that for I, a little while, but they didn't have right, guts to see it through. They, they took, didn't they stick took to it. Back. They didn't stick to it. Because yeah. I thought, I thought, oh, okay, well, she's going to be, we're going to hate her now. She's going to be a villain, you know? And we're going to be pulling for Sam Rockwell, who I kind of already was anyway. So I was like, okay, like whatever. I also knew the friend was going to come back. What's her name? Yeah, the friend from like the very beginning uh, or whatever. Yeah, the yeah. one that died in the beginning. They kept yep. kind of like laying little Easter eggs about that, yep. and I was like, okay, well, she's going to come back, and then she did. So I yeah, wasn't they made super that, surprised. They made that by really that. obvious once they once they explained the whole like, oh, I got a letter from a fan thing about whatever, right? And she's like, and he, she's <laughs> like, oh, that's how I was going to bring this character back, and I was like, yeah, okay, just you wait. The fan was really her, and she's really alive. Like, just mm-hmm. wait. Yeah, and yeah, Kira. Of course. Kira yeah. is her name, by the way. Yeah, of course, of course, of course. That's what happened. But by that point, the movie I had <clears throat> lost me so badly. I was, I was so completely over literally everything about it. It's also baffling that you have actors like Richard E. Grant and Samuel L. Jackson in the movie, and they're like in it for like not even five minutes, and just like have very, very small kind of inopportune roles in the film, which was kind of weird too. I don't know if that was part of the editing or if they just. Some of their stuff got left out, but I thought that was weird. Like Richard E. Grant is an icon. He's like in one scene. Like it's yeah. like early on in the film, Samuel Jackson shows up a couple times. But I mean, I the mean, Richard E. Grant one I don't mind as much because it lends it lends a little something to Cranston's uh, Cranston as the head as the head baddie. Like it lends a little something to sure. him when he just kind of so casually blows him away. You know. Sure. Like it lends a little something to that. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson's biggest contribution contribution to this movie is uh, sitting and watching a Lakers game, because that's most Nailed of it. what his screen time is spent doing. And then they start sending him a file, and then he starts sitting well, there slapping the desk and applauding, like a like a like a, like this child. If you gave this child like some chocolate or something, and they were like slapping the high chair, and like that's what he's doing most of the time <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> well, he does have that whole diatribe about the Pinot Noir grape, which I thought was interesting. I don't know, man. I mean, let's talk about before we do our wrap up and we we give our final thoughts. Let's talk about the mid credit scene. There's a scene and I don't know a lot about this, Nick. I might need your help here. But I guess there's a scene that ties into the Kingsman films and that this might be part of that universe. Right. Or Uh, I I never saw the King's Man, which was what the prequel one or whatever which i would guess would be the one that tied into this so i don't know okay i just saw the king's man and i was like okay i I didn't care i legitimately didn't care at that no i didn't either i didn't i haven't seen those movies in so long that i was like what but like what a wtf thing to throw in i mean because we're sitting here talking about throughout this review that there's way too many fucking plot twists so now the movie's over and you're like all right and now there's another plot twist. Here you go. <laughs> yeah, right. During the credits, like what? Yeah. But anyway, I guess this young kid, twenty years prior to this film, goes into a pub, and the name of the pub is the King's Man. Mm-hmm. He goes in there, and his name. He's having a kind of coded conversation with the bartender, mm-hmm. a spy conversation of some type. Yep. And we we come to find out his name is Aubrey Argyle. Mm-hmm. All right, so now we're supposed to go, and this is after we saw Henry Cavill's character at the book signing at the end of the movie, which was like a major kind of like, holy shit, Argyle's real, a real person. 
So I think at a, at at a minimum, what you can say is they have planted plenty of seeds if they're going to have any kind of spinoffs or sequels or anything like that. I don't think it will because critically, I don't think it's doing very well, and I don't think it's doing very well box office wise either. It made like no. sixteen million this weekend on a two hundred million budget. So yeah, no, it it definitely won't have any legs because it's not going to have any goodwill with the audience either because they're going to be just exhausted by this absolute barrage of of nonsensical plot twists and everything like that like i said pick pick a lane to go back to jason's question pick a lane if you want us like if you want us to to have the ellie conway was secretly like a secret agent the whole time plot then sprinkle those seeds in earlier one just a couple little seeds not just an offhanded remark about an ice skating accident but i mean really like have her like like they have the scene at the vineyard where like he swings at her and like she remembers her training when he swings at her and like beats him up or whatever Mm -hmm. like why don't we have that earlier in the movie why don't we have like if you're gonna make it about like that plot twist should have come way earlier in the movie Right. And then it should have just been like a straightforward spy thriller after that without all the stupid plot twists and turns. Like it, it, it doesn't need it. And it just, it's, it's, it's like a crutch trying to prop up these, these, these pointless, like go nothing characters. Of course, they also had a romance, which like also was just like, of course they did. Like, why wouldn't they have like, let's just throw one more thing on top of all this uh, to go with sure. it. Sure. I mean, at the end of the day, we'll wrap up here with our final thoughts. I I think there was some fun to be had here. I mean, particularly with a couple of action sequences, the dance choreography, comedic timing in the smoke bomb sequence towards the end of the film was like, I was just ear to ear during that scene. I love the oil ice skating that you mentioned already. The train sequence I love for Sam Rockwell's kind of, commentary throughout that sequence and that we kind of met him during that moment i mean the performances here i thought were good i mean i thought bryce dallas howard was awesome i thought she really carried the material and she's the best thing about this movie frankly she kind of plays two different characters really i mean ellie and rachel and And really well too i will say yeah yeah and she shifts it you know on a dime and she does a good job doing that Sam Rockwell was the standout for me personally. I just thought he was so charismatic, so charming, so funny, so relatable. Kept me kind of invested in in the proceedings and what was going on because I was kind of wondering where he was going to show back up. But you have names like the two of them, right? But you also have Brian Cranston, Catherine O'Hara, Henry Cavill, Dua Lipa, who I have a crush on, Ariana DeBose, Samuel L. Jackson, John Cena. I mean, this is a marquee cast this is a marquee lineup it's directed by a pretty well-renowned action director in matthew vaughn like this should have been better and that's why it's just with everybody involved it's just such a disappointment for me that it's like essentially a univision soap opera with a bunch of action sequences in it (laughs) like i just can't get past that it was kind of childish in that way and i just Wish it had, like you said, picked a lane where it was going to be this campy, crazy, over-the-top, zany, spy comedy, kind of like a This Means War kind of thing with Reese Witherspoon, if you ever saw that, like that kind of deal. But instead, it kind of goes up and down where it's like that, but then tonally it'll be like, oh, we're going to be serious and we're going to, you know, 
I, I just couldn't figure out where I was supposed to be emotionally with this film. And aside from a few scenes here and there, and obviously the performances, I just didn't really enjoy very much. So I don't think it's one I'll be rushing to uh, rewatch. What final thoughts do you have over there, buddy? On Do not go see this movie. The end. Your recaps are always so much more curt than mine, but I appreciate this that. This movie wasted enough of my time. I'm not going to waste any more of the audience's time talking about the, the dreadful, absolutely dreadful. One of the worst things I've written, one of the worst written things I've seen on the screen in, 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 a, in a substantial amount of time. That is fair. Hey, uh, are we lining up here? The two Ps? We're kind of in sync. I mean, four, three, that's pretty good. I was afraid because I know you're a Henry Cavill fanboy and John Cena. And I'm like, Nick's going to come in here with like a seven or something. And I'm going to have to tell him he's a fucking idiot. So you may be proud. I'm I'm happy. For, I'm, I'm happy. Will you marry me? That's what I'm kind I of just, getting down I, to. I, I really wish. Who did they cast to play uh, Henry Cavill's <laughs> sidekick? What did you think of the cat, by the way? We didn't talk about the cat. I hated I hated the cat. I didn't care. Why well, was the CGI? They couldn't get a fucking cat? I literally what, didn't care like, at all. There's like a billion cats in the world. They couldn't get a cat. I mean, this is you, crazy. You just you just totally let that John Cena joke just fly right past you, didn't you? Didn't even. Didn't even. Oh yeah, I get it now. But I mean, Taylor Swift dressed as a cat, and the cats they could have used her. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Put another name on the marquee, is, brother. Now oh, the, that, that subscriber that subscriber totals just dropped below a thousand. It sounded like seven hundred. No, the Swifties, the Swifties are coming. <laughs> the Swifties are coming with me. Yeah, do a Lipa and Swifty in there. Come on, have her be the cat, man. It was, imagine how much better this movie would have been if Taylor Swift was the one in the cat role. It would be great. Have her in the backpack, the whole thing. All right, Nick, what are we doing next week, man? Uh, what are we talking about? What are we doing next week? Lisa Frankenstein. Yeah. Frankenstein. Lisa, Lisa Frankenstein, directed by Zelda Williams, which is Robin Williams' daughter in her directorial debut. Diablo Cody. Diablo Cody script. Written by Diablo Cody, starring so Catherine Newton. Should should be better written than this. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, not a lot to go on there, but I agree with you. It should be much better. So we'll do Lisa Frankenstein next week. Now wrapping up on Argyle, it was a three from Nick. It was a four for me, which puts us at a three and a half from the peas on Argyle. And, uh, we will get together next week, Nick, and we will talk about Lisa Frankenstein. And then after that, I think it's the golden peas, which is like a movie award show that I don't know. I do and try to give out awards. So. Loisauce is going to be here. He is. Yeah. He's going to be Y'all get to hear the me. God of podcasting on the microphone again, which uh, which is always a, a blessing and a treat. Absolutely. Nick, I love you, brother. I'm sorry about Argyle. It was not good, but. Well, it, I mean, and do? see, here's the thing 2024, not out the gate strong here. Not, not out the gate super strong. Like everything else that I've seen so far this year has been kind of catching up for catching up for award season and like we had the we had the we had the we had the 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 roulette review last week which i really really enjoyed and and then this i was really excited to get back to the to the movies to see to see something to see something new i mean mean girls was fine but it was i think mean girls was fine because it was mean girls like it was you know like they would have had to try really hard to make a bad version of that movie so yeah 2024 needs to uh needs to pick it up in a hurry so No pressure, Lisa Frankenstein. (laughs) We'll see what Lisa Frankenstein does for us. And then, of course, Dune Part 2 is on the horizon. 
I don't have the spreadsheet in front of me, but we got what else? I got we Doom have? Part we have. One next week too because they're reissuing it in theaters, so I get to see Doom Part One. I have not seen it yet, so uh, I'm I'm super excited for that Patreon review. We'll be doing a, a Patreon review for Doom Part One uh, yeah, sometime we'll before Part Two comes out. So make sure uh, if you're not a patron get involved over there get signed up because i want to get more content going to the patrons whether it's movie yeah, reviews dude. whether it's countdowns whether it's just me berating gerald for an hour uh we'll just get dan on the microphone and <laughs> it, it'll be just a, a a gerald brow beating for an hour so after lisa frankenstein and our golden peas episode we have uh dune part two yep. spaceman which is going to be coming to netflix starring adam sandler roadhouse I'm going to make Nick watch the Roadhouse remake with Jake Gyllenhaal, which he infamously loves the first one. So that I'm interested to see actually what you think of a modern day spin on a movie that you hate. I'm actually looking forward to that. Um, it, it, it doesn't have Patrick Swayze in it. It won't be worse. Like, like you're guaranteed. It, will, it won't be worse. It might be as bad, but... I mean, Patrick Swayze was the, one of the worst actors. Come on, get out of here! Come on, there was a dirty Horrible. dancing lift in Argyle. What do you? His his touch can be felt everywhere, brother. Even in current cinema. All right, nobody puts Nick in the corner. All right, I uh, <laughs> I love you, brother. We'll get together next week. We'll talk Lisa Frankenstein. Until then, um, I see the beard coming in. Are you trying to give me some competition? No, I, I just, I, I just, I don't shave because I don't have time, mm. or, or make time uh, more appropriately because I have too many other things to do. Oh, Gerald makes good. me go to the movies and watch garbage like Argyle, and I, I can either shave or watch garbage like Argyle, and I chose, I chose this garbage. So choose your path, brother. Choose yeah. your path. I could have shaved today, and we could have just sat here and talked about nothing. And it would have been. I would. Have, I would have had a much better time. It would have been great. It would have been glorious. It would have got a better score. That's it would for have been sure. amazing. And and I would have gone on blissfully unaware of who the real Agent Argyle ever was. <laughs> With a baby face. Yeah. All right, man. I'll see you next week. <laughs>